when you go to high school, you graduate, and then you go off to college, no one really teaches you money in high school. So it's really blurred of how much money you should spend when you go to college. So how much money should you spend? That's what we're going to be talking about today because money can be one of the most stressful things in college, and we're not even going to be talking about student debt here. You just heard from Trey, who's a student at Texas State University. And when we all go to college, this is typically the first time that you start to spend any serious amount of money. When we're in high school, we really don't spend that much money in the grand scheme of things. Like, yeah, you might buy and go out for food with your friends once in a while, or maybe you go and buy like video games or books or clothing. But in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that much money. But when you get to college and you're starting to live on your own, that's when you start to see how when you're spending hundreds of dollars doesn't really compare that much to when you're now spending probably thousands of dollars every single year. Um, I will say though, when I was starting out in college, the number one thing I spent on most was food and online shopping. It wasn't until my second semester or maybe the summer after my first year of college that I really started paying attention to my spending. My boyfriend actually is the one who inspired me to save and become more aware of my spending habits. He made a list of all the things he was spending on in a month and the amount of money he was spending on food. And by food, I mean eating out, going out in general. It was all adding up. And after he saw the results, he decided to be more frugal with his money. And after I saw him do that, I thought it would be a good idea for me to do as well. Shout out to Camila's boyfriend. But seriously, you're going to want to do what Camila just did. Take a month, look at your credit card statements, look at what you're paying on your debit card and everything like that, and write down what you spent on everything that you bought that month. If you've never done that before, you might be surprised at what that might add up to. Whether it's the spontaneous trips that you take with your friends of going out downtown or like going on a random trip and grabbing food. Or you see a 20% off email and instead of not spending money on clothes, you've just spent another $100, $150. Doing this little short activity probably will take you 30 minutes, maybe 60 minutes, but it's going to add a lot of perspective into your life. And while Camila's tip is great, you're going to want to understand this perspective from Victoria as well. If I could go back to freshman year, I would remind myself that good saving isn't actually about refusing yourself a cup of coffee. I feel like we hear that too much as students, and that's not true. It's not about restricting yourself from the occasional splurge. It's about making a plan for your monthly income. Honestly, a $5 coffee now and then isn't going to change how much money you're saving, but having a set percentage of your income set aside to be saved is a really, really great start. And then when you decide to potentially invest in other things such as maybe your own side hustle or stocks, this is where you're going to reap even more reward. So I'm going to break down what Victoria said very simply. Saving money is sort of having to find that balance between obviously saving money for the future, but also being happy in the present time. Because of course, right, what's the point of making money if you don't at least reap some of the benefits of using it? We've all heard that, oh, like, oh, if you don't buy that Starbucks coffee and you just invest it every single day of your life, you'll have a million plus dollars in your bank account by the time that you're 60. But if your life will be much happier for the next 40 years or so because you bought that Starbucks every single day, I would argue that getting that Starbucks is probably going to be more beneficial to your life. I think a more appropriate approach is something about what Victoria kind of hinted towards. 
So like, let's say you make $1,000 in a month just to make things easy. And you know that after expenses and everything like that, you still have 40% of your income left over. That means you've got 400 bucks left. And out of that 40%, you use 30% to put back into your savings, which leaves you with $100. Since you've already accounted for everything like rent, food, going out, and even saving, that last $100, you're free to spend on whatever you want. That can go to coffees, shopping, going out, anything like that, and you can use that money without ever thinking twice about it. This is the power of budgeting because now that you've got that set percentage that you know that you can spend no matter what every single month, it allows you to be easy when you spend rather than buying something and then thinking, oh my God, maybe I should have just invested that money. Again, this is the super basics of budgeting, but if you want to learn a little bit more, what are some resources that you could check out? There are actually a few people I go to for financial advice on the internet. The first person being Graham Stephan. He is the number one person I go to if I have any type of questions about finance. I'll go to YouTube, type in Graham Stephan, type in the keyword of what I'm looking for to see if he's made a video on it. If not, I'll then go to Google and do my own research. I also like to watch videos made by Andre Gique. And the method of budgeting I use, I actually learned from this YouTuber named Budget with Brie. She shows you how to do the sinking fund method and also does videos twice a week of her stuffing her cash envelopes. And we'll have all of those resources linked in our show notes. But what if you want to hear from people that are closer to your age? There are some people I follow on Instagram as well, and they are super young. They're part of the FIRE movement. If you don't know what that is, it's a group of people who believe they can retire in their early 30s and even late 20s. The first person I follow is Priceless Tay. And the second person I follow is Profit Plug. I'm going to be quite honest, I mainly stick to the YouTube finance people that I watch for advice, but it's still fun to see these people my age with this finance-driven mind. And if you're just starting out, I think it would be very beneficial for you to follow these two as well because they are similar in age. I'm assuming everyone listening to this is in college as well, which is why I say that. So I feel like it would be easier to relate to them. We've actually had Priceless Tay on the show before, and I'll link to her episode down below. But to wrap up this episode, we'll end with the final two pieces of advice from both Victoria and Trey. Some advice that I would give to other students, especially freshmen coming in, is to realize that the biggest expense that most students are spending, besides tuition, is going out for food. I have saved hundreds over the years, if not thousands, by learning how to cook. For example, for $60, you can get three Uber Eats deliveries, or on the other hand, you can get two weeks worth of groceries. It's also just a really valuable skill that I think everyone should learn. But also, I would like to say that even though you might be told this over and over again, there is no too young of an age to learn how to budget or how to start a side hustle, or begin saving. That's a complete myth, and I personally believe that the younger you start, the better. The best time to learn about money is right now, and the more that you wait, the more money that you're honestly losing because of interest and gains and everything like that. You don't have to be a stock guru or a crypto guru or anything like that or buy any crazy courses. A lot of the information is already out there on YouTube and places like Google as well. And to Victoria's point about food, like, do the exercise that Camila was talking about earlier. You will realize how much money that you're probably spending on needless things like food. 
Obviously, food's not needless, but there are ways to make food cheaper. My advice to anyone, uh, really, not even in college, that's stressing about money is uh, talk to someone about it. Uh, see, I have a therapist, and so I talk to her once a week or once a month, I'm sorry. Uh, and so we talk a lot about money. Money stresses me out. There's some financial advisors out there. You can join discords and talk to other people that are around your age about this. Like the way that I view money and just learning in general is if I'm learning with other people, I get to exponentially learn as much as possible. And what I mean by that is let's just say I'm learning something by myself. I can only learn what I know personally. But if I'm learning in a group of 5, 10, 15, 20 people, then as they're all collaborating on different ideas, sharing different resources, I get to learn everything that they're learning too. And the beauty of the internet is you can literally get in touch with anyone. But that's a conversation for another day. And for all of you still listening all the way to the end, I've got a secret surprise just for you. The Forge is one of our favorite organizations to work with because one of the hardest things in the world is getting that first experience on your resume. Because we all know that if you're applying for a job, they for some reason always ask you for X amount of years for experience, even internships. And a great way to get some experience on that resume is by completing some courses on The Forge. The best part, this can allow you to put company names like JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and so much more on your resume so it makes you look a little bit more credible when you start applying to those internships. And I lied. An even better part about all of this is that they're all free. Well, that's about it. I'm out.